Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. Happy New Year! Yes, well, we're in 2023 now. It's 2023. That's how I like to greet people on the street when everyone's like, oh, Happy New Year. I'm like, Happy New Year! Like the confetti <laughs> just fell. It's more fun that way. Well, what scares them is that you also have the popper. Yeah, yeah. Pah! I should probably stop doing that to folks. Yeah. I notice that you and I did not spend New Year's Eve together. You were working, and I have my annual appointment on the couch with pizza. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, you know, New Year's Eve is one of those times that uh, stand-up comedians, we get called to do shows, and I was uh, Funny Bones sold-out shows. So Congratulations. Thanks, Two yeah. Two sold-out shows. Albany, so... Yes, and that's that happens. The comedians, we have weird hours, essentially. It's true. You performed on Christmas Eve this year. I know, which I, I'm always a little hesitant to take those type of gigs because it was in someone's living room. Oh, no. <laughs> and I wish I could say this was the first time I've ever done that. Uh, but I have performed many times in people's living rooms. <laughs> Every, everyone should have a Luke there in their home. I, it almost, and that's how you're becoming a household name by I'm, just visiting each household. <laughs> I'm literally a household name in, individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like a door-to-door salesman, except for comedy. Do you have a me in your house yet? <laughs> Would Try you guys like out. to hear some jokes? <laughs> um, so it's if people for some reason people want to occasionally have comedians in their home for certain events. You know, uh, you and I have done somebody's birthday party in their living room. Uh-huh. You know, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, right? Their family gathering. Family <laughs> gathering. Uh, I've the done, food at which was amazing, It was by the amazing, way. which, you know, a- occasionally we get that too. There are sometimes perks of doing things in people's homes. Mm-hmm. One is oftentimes if they have a great spread of food, they might offer you some. Uh, something I've learned, though, is <laughs> like, I believe that Thanksgiving one... Instead that, of putting... Oh, sorry, go on. I'm going to make a joke about that in a second. Yes, I was going to say, instead of um, uh, getting there early, I don't do that anymore. Because I used to get there early, eat the food, and sit around and talk to people. Now I'm like, when do you want to start this? 8 o'clock? Okay, I will be there at like 7.59, and then we can just start. And then if you're invited to participate with the food, that's fine. No, I just like the idea of you're like, sometimes they leave and give you their food. So it's like other times you're just in the butler's pantry waiting in a closet. The whole thing. So they let you out. To anyone that doesn't know anything about comedy and what it's like to be in this world, that must sound like just the most bizarre thing. And the most depressing form of Hollywood is just performing in people's homes hoping that they give you some of their turkey. <laughs> You're a step above their pet. The pet, they give the food. Yeah, well, that's what happened at this Christmas Eve party was not only was I performing in their living room, but they had dogs. And at one point, they just handed me the dog. <laughs> and I performed... It was, I saw that picture. It's a Pomeranian. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, a Comedian Luke, you can uh, see the picture of me doing this. Wow. And so I just performed with this dog in my arm probably for like five or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I I kind of, it was towards the end of the show anyway. And it it was actually kind of fun. I think it just is a testament to how, what a calming presence you have. The dog looks like he's fallen asleep in my arms. (laughs) Because I think early, do you remember this? When we took improv classes years ago, they said something like, 
don't make a sketch with animals on stage. It's, you always think it's going to be great, but then the animal pulls focus. I don't know. I don't remember if I heard it there or if I heard it doing on-camera work or something of like, you need a pet that's trained and has a trainer off camera. Like there's something about do not work with live animals. It won't go how you want. I think that's an old show business show business adage is like, don't work with pets or kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're always going to overshadow you or something. Yes, like that. that's it. So not in the case of Mr. Luke Fair. Not in my case. <laughs> I, you know, which, you know. The Bengali for pet. Everybody just hands you their parrot, their yes. snake. You're just covered with animals. Not only am I the comic that's now performing in the living rooms, I'm performing with our pets in the living room. <laughs> yeah, it's weird gigs are like, they pop up like that. You know, I've done... Uh, birthday parties. I, I there are certain gigs where I've just said I'm not doing those. You know anymore. better. Yeah. I love. I hate weird gigs in the moment. I love talking about them afterwards, <laughs> and you know, and I dread them ahead of time. Like, ooh, this might be bad. And then sometimes it's fun and great, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. But afterwards, it's always hilarious. There's oh so many like uh, you know the type of gig I won't do anymore. Yes. Is children's birthday parties. <laughs> I, I got roped into a couple of those and where it's like, cause kids don't get stand up comedy and right. it's not because they're dumb or unfunny. It's just that they're too young. So you have to be pretty much at least high school age before you're really going to start understanding stand up comedy. There's the occasional right. weird kid that's like 12 and like, I'm very into stand up comedy. Uh, I did a bar mitzvah for, for, for some uh, family where the kid was, Oh yes, I was there. Uh, oh, wait, no, I did a different one. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Not on this one. You were on this one because this one was a kid that was very into stand-up comedy. Some, right. Somehow he had gotten a hold of my videos and really liked me. And they were like, he, he just he's a big fan of yours, which you know, I don't so even believe sweet. in fans of, first of all. Like that, I'm You're very, the only one he knows. I'm, the only, I'm very opposed to the term fan because, yeah, you, you know me. You've seen me before perform. They try to do this whole Las Vegas theme uh that's fun. Yeah, and it was horrendous. It, and it literally turned into all the parents ignoring me. Okay. And all of the kids just kind of rushing the stage. Oh, dear. And not in a bad way, but they were more of just jumping. Like I was Barney. Sure. Where, where they're kind of like poking at me and having fun that way. Mm-hmm. And so at one point I was just laying flat on the stage and just going <laughs> wow. I'm talking into the mic going how much time do I have left to do here laying on your back or on your stomach on my back I was just wow. kind of like this is, that sounds like fun they didn't jump on improvised. me at that point they were just kind of sitting nearby but I was just like and they're shouting out stuff and I would try to answer their questions so it was so chaotic you couldn't get your thoughts out so you were just there, there, going well, with the flow it was so chaotic there was no point in getting i did out. a children's birthday party but not as a stand-up comedian although i did say just a second ago i did the bar mitzvah that was if you're hiring a comedian for a bar mitzvah you, your kid likes comedy like that's the reason you did it or the dad like the mom likes it but um the, you might remember this i dressed up as princess tiana oh yeah from the princess early and the frog. On. it was yeah. very early because we knew a fellow stand-up comedian who worked as a party clown. And she was like, you would be good for this. And she was right. I looked beautiful. She's but like, you're black. This princess is you black. You can fit this costume. We need that. Yeah. No, but I just like the idea. I don't know what the analogy is I'm thinking of. But when someone, you know, like a model scout. You, you've got the, what it takes. 
<laughs> to be a party clown. And so I was recruited. And that was a fun experience. I really thought it was novel to dress up as this princess and be in character. But it was not like the singing telegram I've seen on film where you get to pop in, dazzle, and leave. It was, you're going to be here for three hours, mingling and then entertaining and not doing stand-up. So I essentially was, I don't even know what I did. It's been so many years, but told a story, chatted with the kids. The kids were all seated, cross-legged, facing me, and I was trying to hold their attention. But I remember thinking at the time, I'm exhausted. (laughs) And, you know, being a party clown, you must have so many tricks in your bag. But being a princess, you're just in character. I was starting conversations. Kids weren't coming to me with questions. If they interviewed me, I could have answered. Yeah. Instead, I was just like, "What's your favorite color?" Ooh, mine too. You know, and that's that's what a kid's party needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, any kid that's younger than you know, uh, high school age, pretty much, is, is middle school is a different thing. Middle school shouldn't have any inter- any entertainment. They're they just should unless you just come on stage with a fart machine. Yes, it should be no adults. You guys just go play uh, the Nintendo Switch or something like that and play music. Because they don't want the adults, they don't want the kid stuff either. Mm-hmm. But for kids that are elementary school age, it really needs to be face painting. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So for kids that are elementary age, it really needs to be face painting, songs. It needs to be fun, silly stuff that you would see on Nick. Nickelodeon or Nick Jr. It shouldn't never hire a stand-up comic for this stuff. This is why kids are primed with those bust field trips to the ballet, to Peter and the Wolf musicals where you have to sit for 20 minutes in the dark and be quiet and then you get bussed back to your school where you get to shake your sillies out <laughs> because you have to prime them. You have to like walk them through the steps of this is how we behave in a public setting. Yeah, there's a whole... They don't have time to listen to your ideas. No. (laughs) That's what comedy is essentially ideas. They're supposed to be full of surprises that make people laugh. But if the kid misses the surprise part of it, it's just kind of like, why is this man talking so much? I know. And they don't understand the structure of stand-up comedy. So it does. It just sounds like a speech to them, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. It just sounds like it's – you would have as much uh, luck getting through to an elementary kid – in, in trying to make them laugh, an elementary school age kid, by just turning a TED talk on. You're, like, you're taking me back to my very first performance in Indianapolis at Crackers Comedy Club. I thought to myself, what jokes will I write? Well, I'll just write a funny speech. Like I framed it that way. I was what, 20, 21? And so that's, and then I learned right away, like after a few more sets of like, oh, it's not a funny speech. You have to make a conversation where you've, left moments for people to laugh and then that laughter fuels the next point but one kid's party we did nail was our own daughters recently because we gave her a surprise party yeah and that's that is what a child needs you need to just surprise them and then let them play oh yeah it was very basic it was like (laughs) surprise and now eat snacks and have cake and sing and presents and then everybody goes to a playground i think is what we did yeah so there was no structured and everybody look over here now anytime you have to say attention please attention please in a room full of people in a room full of children it's gonna be chaos no but i think we nailed it because we provided ice cream cake 
and we provided yes. <laughs> which I know you're not. I just made a face at ice cream cake. She uh... made a stink face, <laughs> at, which we're gonna have a big divide on this. Just this, finish your sentence. No, well, when you do something like this to ice cream cake, you you disrespect it that way. We gotta then make an aside to this. Is the that... ice cream is not the cake, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's in the cake shape. The ice cream is on side. The cake is the standout. No, when ice cream decided no, no, no. to take cake's place, the audacity. No, and you know, and to be honest, you know, I don't think this is the particular type of ice cream cake that I like because there's cake in it. This one had a layer of cake and then ice cream on top and then the ice cream shell on the outside. Meaning I, the cake was frozen. Yes. So if you don't like the <laughs> texture of frozen cake, you wouldn't like this ice cream the, cake. You know, and we and look, we all have our different um, requirements for what we want out of a dessert, a birthday treat, a cake. I like the ice cream cakes like the way Dairy Queen had them when I was growing up. They have like little crunchy things in the middle. And crumbled cookies. Crumbled cookies. Uh, <laughs> I think cookies. And cookies and cakes and, cakes and pies in the middle. And yes. so, <laughs> a layer of fudge. It's got to have that layer of fudge. That fudge is nice. Yes. And then it's got two different types of ice cream usually. It's got like the top ice cream above the cookies and above the fudge. <laughs> Let me and tell then you it's got something. the lower one. Let me tell you about this layer of ice cream. It's rock hard. Unless you let it get soft, and then it's a mess. It's a landslide. All right, ice cream needs to be scooped. That's why that smart person invented an ice cream scoop, and you put it in a bowl, and then you've got a matter of two minutes to consume it. So, so forking at it with a cake, just jabbing a fork into it. Sorry, I said forking at it with a cake. What I mean is <laughs> jabbing at it with a fork. Kicking at it here. with a fork. Um, Caking at it with a fork? Yeah, which, by the way, <laughs> with the way I say cookies, uh, you say scoop. <laughs> scoop. I do not. <laughs> the way. Roll that. That's, roll that back. That smart man that invented the scoop. This is like when little when kids are whining and they add extra syllables at the end. Like, why ya? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like Al Pacino. Scoop. That's how his, what is the name of that movie? Scent of a woman. Scent of a woman. That's how he asked for an ice cream scoop in Scent of a Woman. Give me the scoop. Very well. Very good. It's not an episode if I haven't done an impression of a white man from the 80s. <laughs> I think that movie might have came out in 1990. You're right, actually. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell. Very young. Not as young as he was in Men Don't Leave. I've lost Luke. Yes, but not as old as he was in Batman Forever. So. Oh, Batman Forever. I know this is not... When he was um, playing somebody younger than he would have been in... Uh, I think you and I have a, a debate, and we might have to save it for another episode, about how Val Kilmer was a great Batman and, in your opinion, not a great Batman. Is that right? Uh, the, the movie wasn't any good. Oh, it's like. so good. They caught me right at my prime. No, you just like that. Kiss uh, from kiss a rose. rose. You're absolutely right. And the U2 song was pretty good, too, in that. The only thing I would have needed is Kim Basinger in Nicole Kidman's role, because her character was very breathy. You remember that character she You know, did? I don't know if I've ever seen Batman Forever all the way through. <laughs> No, I ha- I'm sure I have, but oh, I the disrespect. But it, it was just so not good. Like uh, <laughs> the original Batman, loved it. I, it. As a child, that was my favorite movie. I, I told the story I think yeah. before where it's like I snuck into this no thing. contest, and then Batman uh, Returns. Ugh, the Penguin. I liked it, nah. and you know I I think I saw that on VHS. I think I got that one as a VHS. The coolest gift. part about Batman Two is Paul Rubens playing the Penguin's dad, and nobody saying anything about it. I was like that's. We heard it. Well, the re- that's why they weren't saying anything about it is because it was came at a time where 
he was Paul Rubens now nah. and he had already gone to prison That's or whatever That's that scary man from the newspaper. <laughs> Shoot, every time I like to try to do a nice Pee Wee tribute. Oh, that we, was Pee Wee? That was I thought it was just a kid talking about Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was my that was my kid. That was me as a kid talking okay. about Pee Wee. No, the, every episode we seem to mention Pee Wee, but then it turns dark and I can't I can't include that clip and then tag Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> it's tough. The man's a legend. He is a legend. Well, he's incredibly funny. Uh, he he is somebody who could have been doing children's parties. He would have been great. Oh my goodness! Uh, we don't have time to talk about what Pee Wee's Playhouse meant to me, but um, I will say that. And and let's get out of Batman because I really do want to spend a whole podcast talking about. Save it for the Batman. Why podcast. why Batman for, <laughs> forever was the best Batman. It's not mentioning the first one. It, the, there's only one the worse than that. That's okay, which is. That's uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, but doesn't that have Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the Riddler? Uh, Riddler is in Batman Forever. That's why it was the best. Oh, okay. my goodness. Okay, fine. But the one with George Clooney, I do not remember very well. That's Poison Batman Ivy Batman. with Uma Thurman, right? Yeah, and in Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh, yeah, because because Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Face in the one Batman Forever. Yes. This is where our friend Aubrey, who listens regularly, would dive in, because he's got the, the media facts. Like, he knows every movie. He's a little bit like me, where we have obscure quotes from movies that we know what we're talking about. He wants to be part of this conversation. He's right part now. of it. Yeah, it's... Well, I heard a story about Tommy Lee Jones in that. Yes. Is that uh, apparently he did not care for Jim Carrey very much and did not like his acting style. What a shame. And just hated the man because I heard Jim Carrey tell a story where he saw him shortly after that in a restaurant Mm -hmm. and he went over to say hello and he saw like Tommy Lee Jones like shaking going, oh. He's so angry he was shaking. Yes, and he was like, hey, what's, what's wrong? He's just like, I just can't tolerate you at all you're, i believe you said i can't tolerate your buffoonery <laughs> i love that word <laughs> it really does apply to jim carrey it, that's buffoonery you know what seeing something on seeing someone on screen when they're on is so enjoyable seeing someone in real life who is on is exhausting it drains you they are emotional vampires they're, yeah well it's very important as a comedian that when you're off stage, you either turn it off or you make it inclusive with other people so they feel like they're being funny too. Just being funny <laughs> at people. It, That's it, your pet peeve. It, it just starts to wear on people, especially when you're in a group of comedians. There's occasionally I will come in contact with a comedian like this. For for the most part, we're all very jovial with each other and we try to make each other laugh and, and we're joking around and we, we give to each other laughter. Yeah, you punch. You, yeah. Um, I was going to say. You punch each other in the face. You just punch each other in the face. <laughs> no, I was going to say you punch up each other's jokes, but that's not even accurate. You guys joke. You build on each other's jokes. Yeah, you build on each other. Uh, whereas, I, but then there's occasionally somebody that comes into the mix and it's just, they're all about them. Yeah, they'll say, I was at the grocery store and you take them seriously and you're like, oh yeah, what happened? And they're like, and the apples rang up as oranges. And I said, aren't you glad it isn't banana? You know, and you're like, wait, that didn't happen. You know what yeah. I mean? They you start pay- getting irritated. It's, yeah. Occasionally you'd be like, are you doing your act yeah. right now? <laughs> you're like, what is going on? Yeah. We're, you were allowed to be uh, ad-libbing here, but you're not allowed <laughs> to do your act, especially maybe from three albums ago. It's like, you can't be doing. The other pet peeve I have is when people say this more than three times, I do a bit about this. Like you're having a normal conversation. Yeah. Cats come up. I do a bit about cats. It goes like this. That's fun. Then they do it again. I have a bit about my mother-in-law. It's like, okay, we'll save your bits for the stage, please. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not, 
you're not performing for us, right? You're you're not supposed to be. And I know like, that impulse because I want extra credit for having thought of this topic already, but I also know not to say it because it's like it's like a you had to be there thing. Yeah, I think you are allowed to do that once in a conversation, yeah. but if you are now doing it multiple times, then it's like now and now you're just doing your act again. You know? <laughs> you're wearing me down, buddy. Yes. And I and we love you and we get it. We're in we're in there with you. Um, I you know the, the other pet peeve is audience comments after shows. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one I got recently was <laughs> this was supposed to lift me up. My husband says women aren't funny, and uh, I liked what you did tonight. Yeah. So I'm and like, did he say it before that, or after that was the show? Member came up to you and said that. <laughs> She's left out the, the the vital detail of what did your husband say after he saw me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is that people sometimes come up after shows, and I don't, I don't know. I think because maybe they think that we're because we're comedians and that we joke that they can joke with us mm-hmm. or just be honest with us. Cause we're being honest on stage or that's something like thing that. That's the thing that's crazy. Yeah. And so you have people say things like, Oh, well this, you know, I didn't like this or you really should do this. Or, or an example would be in a, in a joke that I, I talk about my glasses or being nerdy or a fat kid or something like that. Mm-hmm. Up, and they'll be like, you know, you're still fat. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you're just insulting me. Like, we're not, you aren't performing for me. You are just insulting me. I, I did that to a, a friend um, who was in comedy. And I was like, you should do a bit about how you look like. <laughs> do you want me to say the celebrity? It didn't look like him, by the way. He didn't agree. Go for it. <laughs> I said, <laughs> why don't <laughs> Why don't you talk more about how you look like KD Lang? And he, <laughs> he said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Nothing. Never no, mind." No, no, no. I no, didn't, no. Yeah, that's a tough one. If they, I wanted to get out of that immediately. Of it, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's a anything that is an insult. You you gotta be careful with saying that to a comedian if they haven't come up with it. Think about yeah that they might not agree with that perspective. Yes. And. Uh, that's you know, but I, I but I've had that you know. In fact, I incorporated one into my act. Um, I'm trying to use this as an example of what we were just talking about. You know, I do a bit about that in my act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Do it. No, it's, <laughs> it's only you're only one strike. Yes, <laughs> just don't do it two more times. But yeah, you know, people come up. Uh, but you know, you've you've had. Uh, people come up to you, old white people say, I want to touch your hair. Oh my goodness, yes. If I say on stage, no, you can't touch my hair, but yes, it does feel like cotton candy. You know, someone else truly after the show goes, I'll touch your hair. And I was like, but I truly don't want you to. And would you ever want someone to grab at your head? Then he went up and yanked, ding, 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 like pulled a coil like a bell. Mm -hmm. And it's just, uh, you know. No, I didn't flip out, but I was just like, yeah, good for you. I know. And I think that people somehow have, they think that that's okay because maybe they start to feel like they know us after us performing for them. Yeah. It wasn't a challenge, sir. You know, I wasn't like daring you on stage. It was just part of the joke. Yes, absolutely. And they, people don't get it. They don't get it. And I, we, we as comedians usually give grace with that. Like, oh, okay. You know, Mm -hmm. thanks. You know. But you know every every show and people that and these are people that like you. Yeah, that, that's that when they want to relate you know? to you. It's worse when they disagree with what you said morally. You know, like what you said about your dog. Like you, I'm taking your joke out of context, but let's just imagine you said having an animal is so expensive, it'd be better to you know put them down or be yeah. cheaper to put them down. That's a classic 
concept that everybody can relate to. We've all felt that way. And yet someone being like, how dare you? Your yes. animal should be taken from you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. People will, will definitely start to... I think maybe they just have literal brains or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, yes, they have literal brains. They literally have brains. But like, you were just having a literal-minded moment that yes. moment. <laughs> you took yourself too literally. Yeah, they're, they're just uh, think of things too literally, and so they think because you're making a joke that you're not making a joke. You are making a factual statement mm-hmm. about this is what I am going to do, and it's like no, there are things called satire. There's irony. There's all sorts of tools that we use in our comedic toolbox uh, that is not is not necessarily we're saying exactly what we believe or or actually want to do right you know? right yeah i mean yeah maybe maybe a disclaimer would help yeah well the, some people laugh at themselves after their punchline to show that they were just kidding sure, if it's yeah. not if it's not enough that the audience is laughing they'll just be like ah I'm laugh they'll hit the microphone they'll do lots of things just to <laughs> maybe to indicate like please don't rush the stage <laughs> <laughs> please don't slap me mm-hmm. um but uh <laughs> we talked about ice cream cake ice cream cake in my opinion is not ice cream of the future in fact if I'm borrowing that actual trademark phrase, there is only one ice cream of the future, Dippin' Dots, you know, that kind of, um, it's not freeze-dried, but it's called, it's, um, what's that scientific, here we go with us in science, <laughs> but you know, um, nitrous oxide, I believe, is that it? Is no. that how they do it? Liquid nitrogen, excuse Liquid me, nitrogen. everybody. <laughs> nitrous oxide? <laughs> you mean, so they go, they take the ice cream to the dentist, <laughs> they put the mask on the ice cream. The ice cream gets very loopy. <laughs> Yeah, liquid nitrogen is what made ice cream cool. And then when I was a kid, to me, the ice cream of the future was astronaut ice cream that we got at the Children's Museum. See, that doesn't feel like ice cream to me at all. That is, <laughs> it's an imposter. It's it's the same texture as those freeze-dried marshmallows that they put in cereal that yeah. I just absolutely hate. <laughs> I never thought about that, but you're right. The texture when you bite down... It is like a little like styrofoam. If you ever accidentally bit styrofoam or intentionally bit styrofoam as a child, I'm having that moment when you know you bite something like that and you hate the feeling in your mouth. I'm having like it's that giving vein, you goosebumps. Vein pop out in my forehead, just going, oh, I hate this. The vein is popping out. The hair is on the back of the neck. I no, I liked it. It was a little different than the marshmallows because it melts in your mouth. Are you kidding me? Wow. Our dog was so upset with Luke for <laughs> insulting Lucky Charms. He came in and swore at him. He said, don't you dare talk about <laughs> wow, well, you, marshmallows that way. They're bad, buddy. <laughs> they're bad. Oh, don't. I don't know what our dog <laughs> thinks he's seeing. Maybe he's losing his eyesight. Uh, maybe he heard the joke about putting your dog down. He, <laughs> <laughs> he just, that would have been perfect if he had run into the living room. This is why we, we will eventually videotape this podcast so you can see the shenanigans Wow, maybe he's our producer, and he was saying, "You're going too far, Luke. Too far." <laughs> yes, he he definitely looked like he had a nom flashback there, and <laughs> was ready just, to take me out. He looked at you like you you say that again to my face. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the bark he just gave you. Um, no, my idea for the ice cream in the future. Do you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Is <laughs> is one that does not give me gas. Oh, because you're lactose intolerant. That's right. I, I don't tolerate. Don't it. they have that? Don't they have that? That's the ice cream of the present. It's like soy ice cream. And you're right. There are plant based ice creams, but this is my problem with plant based ice cream. It doesn't have the richness. I don't know what it's gonna take. Maybe more coconut oil. Nope. 
Nope, because I don't like coconut flavor in my in my plant based ice cream. Mm-hmm. The closest one that's come is oat, but the it's the it's the texture is so fluffy. <laughs> I was actually trying to explain this to you before, and you were, <laughs> I said it's like if you know a hippo eats a watermelon, they can crunch down <laughs> on it. But if they crunch down on like a bush, they're just getting like a like a hedge. They're just getting leaf, and you go. Uh, you can't do a plant-based ice cream analogy and make it just more plants. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, you lose me in in the. I feel like I'm not seeing the forest for the trees. Yeah. In this. Did I lose you at hippo? Yes. <laughs> you can't picture. You ever seen those internet hippos eating watermelon all the time? I but I would like credit for the forest and the trees being another plant-based. Oh, nice. Yes, um, I missed that. It's. Uh, I didn't see the forest I, for the tree. I, I think, of your joke. I think that. What those plant-based ice creams are missing yes. is the cream. Yeah. And so taking out that is – you can't have ice cream without the cream. But you're not – you're a science guy to an extent. So don't you find it cool when someone says, well, cream is made of these molecules. <laughs> I, I don't know. Why am I, I doing this I to myself? I don't know if I've ever heard a scientist say that. Cream is made of these <laughs> molecules. Uh, we don't Neil have DeGras- I got to go on Star Talk and uh, talk to Neil deGrasse yeah, Tyson. Yeah, you about love Star Talk. So it's creams. the same concept. If, if Neil deGrasse Tyson said, well, cream is actually just made up of these components, and you can duplicate these components because it all boils down to peptides and neutrons. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I wonder if anything is boiled down to peptides and neutrons. Is there anything that's boiled down to just those two things? My daughter thinks I'm a genius, okay, because I will BS anything if she has a question for it. I remember when she asked me what are when she asked me what are magnets, how do magnets work? And of course, I'm thinking of like <laughs> that insane clown posse question of like magnets, how do they work? I don't know that reference. It became a meme that was just one of their lyrics, throwaway lyrics, but people were like, we literally know how they work. But I didn't know how to like speak to it in the moment. So I was like, electrons and ions, and they, they dance around each other, and you go to school and tell me the rest. Wow. Yeah, she's definitely going to be <laughs> correcting us very soon. <laughs> when they repel, when magnets repel, I tell her there's a marshmallow in there. I said, do you see the invisible marshmallow? Because <laughs> well, that's how I understood well, it as a child. how could she see it? It's invisible. <laughs> I mean, I'm not stupid. I am just... Uh... <laughs> I like that qualifier after you said there's a marsh invisible marshmallow in between. I don't think that I'm stupid. I know my areas of expertise and my deficient areas. I just love to fill the gaps of my deficient areas. Like I like to vamp. I like to guess. And that's not, that's not knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun. <laughs> yes, that's not knowledge to just guess. You're correct. That's the opposite of knowledge is mm-hmm. to guess. Because she'll say, I'll say, I don't know. And she'll say, what do you think it is? And I'm like, well, thank you. And then I take a <laughs> microphone and I start in. <laughs> oh, funny that you should ask. Yeah. I happen to have a prepared guess. <laughs> what do I think it is? So meat substitutes, is that where you were going with this? We started out with why plant-based ice cream. With, I don't want any of those fake things. Yeah, right. I saw vegan jerky in our in a local bodega, and I thought, well, what on earth? Even if it's, there's, it seemed like that's really, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, it's really. I was perplexed. <laughs> well, any of because the- jerky is barely meat anyway. So if you leave out the the hardly there meat, what do you have? And you said, I think at the time, everything that holds the meat together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, candy? It's just a gummy? 
Look, all the fake stuff, it's really, to me, it's like, I, I just don't want it if you can't make something exactly the same. I don't want these approximations of it. It's like, look, if my body cannot handle it, like I cannot eat walnuts or pecans. I am allergic to them. Mm-hmm. I don't need some something else that they've turned into the shape of a pecan or a walnut. Like I don't need I that. I want to be on board with this, but I pity you. I pity that perspective. Remember in the Matrix when Joe Pantoliano was like, I know the steak's <laughs> not real, but it tastes like a steak. I guess. I wanted his steak. Look, we've taken this hoof and from a cow and molded it into the shape of a pecan yeah. and we've roasted it and you won't be able to tell now the no difference. one's done that no one has taken meat to make into a plant have they done that wouldn't that be wow maybe that we just came up with something <laughs> is to reverse it for oh, the geez. for the paleo keto crowd we are now taking meat and turning it into other items <laughs> That's really clever. Hello, sharks. Yes. I'm here to pitch Luke Thayer's idea. <laughs> yeah. You see those soybeans? They're actually made from a pig. Those are really... <laughs> That's a That's pig really tail. bacon. Yeah. That's disgusting. And yet, I think it has legs. No, literally. <laughs> it literally has legs. Oh, we've got a couple of those fun references in this podcast. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Oh, no. I don't really like doing it. But, you know, I had a different idea for this year is to do new year's resolutions for other people. Okay. Wouldn't that be much more fun if you could just do them for other people? Like, you know what your new year's resolution is? You're going to lose 35 pounds. Not me, you. Yes. Not only do I think that's a great idea. My version of that growing up was if I could freaky Friday switch with this person for one day, I would make them get a haircut (laughs) <laughs> you know, like I mean, you start listing the things about this you just person do a you want makeover to for them. Like I would give them a makeover, show them what it's like. I always make a resolution. In fact, this year I have five to ten resolutions. I've I've never had as many as I have this year. <laughs> five to ten resolutions. That's not a resolution. That is a life coach makeover that somebody I'm life coaching myself um yeah in fact I'm curious to hear if you stick to your own resolution of giving other people one what you would give to me and if it's on my list my extensive list well I don't know how I could improve you anymore oh thank you here's my here's my idea meditate don't you think I should meditate more or at all Uh, you know meditation doesn't click with me I don't I don't get the idea of sitting and being quiet and just thinking. It's like I do that already. I don't. Well, I'm under the impression that too much screen time has made my attention span awful and made my mood dip. And so maybe just not having a phone in front of me is meditation. You know, what we call meditation is really just life before phones. Maybe. maybe. We were all naturally meditating by being quiet. <laughs> you see those pictures where everybody's just staring because mm-hmm. it took so long for a photograph to be taken. They that were, was meditative. That's, that's what meditation looked like. People who used to sit on the porch when it rained. They just stare. They, they would just, just stare at the rain. They were just enjoying rain. That was meditation. What else did people used to do? My grandma used to crochet blankets for hours on end on her lap. Yeah. That's got to be. So. I felt like we've moved past meditation. Like, as a society, we don't have to just sit and stare at the rain anymore. Yeah, I mean, it sounds dull, but I don't know. Right now, it it seems... You know, the worst thing that people can do is put, like, rain on their TV set and stare at that, or those fireplace things. It's like, what what are you doing? They do that with the Calm app, and you're right. It's 
it's counterintuitive in my opinion because you're because yeah there's an app that allows you to pick different nature settings and uh no you're right but just go in nature if you're going to do that but i do like that yule log at christmas time i'll put that crackling fire on (laughs) crackling fireplace the crackling yule log (laughs) you can't feel it you can't smell it they don't have a crackling dura log though did they (laughs) i don't think so yeah i don't know like the meditation too like um you know, is there others like besides meditation? Okay, that you have so I want to meditate. I want to drink more water. Ugh, that one's the boringest <laughs> of all, but I do. I need to drink more water. You're I wanna... saying you want to be hydrated this year? And yeah, not I would like to know. <laughs> all my internal organs look like raisins right now, and I'd like to change that. I need better sleep. I need to move my body in a purposeful way. Now, now you and you've said this to me before. You're like, you get, you stay in shape by like nervously buzzing about the house (laughs) but um so i am on my feet all day puttering i call it puttering but that's not the same thing as running a 5k what if you do what if you do a 5k by just going in and out of your own bedroom you should times a day check the app check and see how many footsteps you've had today yeah i need it's all been in the same same space maybe i I have run a 5k already (laughs) i didn't know it i know there's there's a story that I heard about Michael Jackson that he had a dance floor mm-hmm. in one of his rooms at in his mansion. He could lean at an angle and never <laughs> fall down in that dance floor. No, go ahead. Uh, he just would spin, had spun so many times in the same spot that it had worn down the wood Ooh. in one spot. Yeah. Where, where, which I don't know why he wasn't spinning all over the place, but I guess he was just working on his spins. He, I bet that spot made it easier to spin. Maybe. Yeah. It was like, it looked like a top, like uh-huh. it had a little point at the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That reminds me of a dog chasing its tail though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, stop. Michael, come on now. Get to get Michael. it right. Got to get it right. Yeah. Um, I've never, you know, that also makes me visualize is people who can spin a basketball on their finger. I always thought there was a trick. It was like a magic trick and no one could really balance it on the fingertip. Can you do it? I can't actually do that, but I, but I believe that my brother-in-law can, and I believe it's science. It's, uh, what is it? Centrifugal, centrifugal, oh boy, centrifugal force. I I don't know. I think it's ions and particles and peptides (laughs) putting this together. I think I'm saying that right because I'm pretty good at spelling. Centrifugal? So, centrifugal. So C-E-N-T-R-I-F-U-G-A-L. Centrifugal. Centrifugal force. Centrifugal. Okay. <laughs> Look, if you want science, go to Star Talk. I'm oh sure my it's... gosh. <laughs> I don't know why we get tripped up on <laughs> Look, I'm not good with words. I'll be honest. For a stand-up comedian, I mess up words all the time. You do have one of my favorite uh, mess ups, which is you say pentacle instead of pinnacle. <laughs> Pentacle. <laughs> I believe that's like. It's like you're mixing pentultimate. It's a combination or pentagram. of a pentagram and and pinnacle and pinnacle or pinnacle. Tentacle. It's a <laughs> tentacle. Pen- that is what you're doing. You're mixing pentagon and tentacle. Yes. For the pinnacle of something. Yeah. So it's kind of like an octopus that only has five legs. <laughs> five tentacles. <laughs> that's a good one. I I'm sure I do one too, but I. I can't think of it nor nor would i admit to it um now i feel like we've got what three or four of your resolutions i went to georgetown i don't know if anyone knew that i i'm supposed to mention this in every episode like because i do it in every other podcast i'm on that is part of your news your new year's resolutions that was the next one is please incorporate georgetown and the reason is i want every dollar i spent to come back to me i need it to like the cachet that this school is supposed to provide its graduates I'd like some of that to come my way. Um, you know, John Mulaney went there. Nick Kroll. 
Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> Abby Crutchfield. It's the Mount Rushmore of uh, Georgetown comedians. Oh, you've added one too many. <laughs> now I got bumped off. <laughs> oh, that's true. I guess if we're going to just do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so other resolutions. Gosh, it's so funny to actually blank on these because if, if I'm just like on my own, I'm like, oh, I should do that too. I would I don't say know if that's a resolution is go. I think I should do that. I think a resolution is something that you put into practice. Like I am now going to actively work on it. I don't think it's a wish. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's news to me. Yeah. I just thought you blow it's out a, a candle. Not a daydream. <laughs> you say oh, it quietly. I hope someday that I will get some more sleep and drink some water. It's yeah. A, Resolution is like, I've now set up every single day, I am going to be drinking, you know, eight glasses of water. Ooh, look at Mr. Atomic (laughs) Habits. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't make resolutions. That's why I'm making them for other people. You are going to drink eight glasses of water a day. You're fully aware of your limitations. And yeah, that's the other thing about you and your resolution for others. How are you going to help them enforce that? Because that sounds like more work. Mm, to want do. something for someone. Well, if it's the way all resolutions work, nobody enforces them anyway. Nobody enforces them on themselves. So. They go about a week and then yes. they give up immediately. So that's probably what happened if I was enforcing it for them. Like, do you care? Did if you I... drink your water? Nope. All right. Well, it's January fourteenth. Who cares? Yeah, you tried. You tried. It's, this is the point where every even gyms will say that they're like, we have a period where everybody just loses their membership, so we we only offer the discount up to that point. Yeah. Because this is when people fall off. <laughs> I think it's February, but um, yeah, I, I'm looking into one of those apps that talks about your mental perspective regarding food instead of simply, this is an app that buzzes and reminds you to eat broccoli every day. You know, I need the app that would just hypnotize me and make chocolate not taste good. Yes. I don't need to learn about my psychology with chocolate. I just need to <laughs> undo it. have like a taste aversion to it. Wouldn't that be so nice if hypnosis worked that way? <laughs> or at all. That would be all of my <laughs> resolutions. <laughs> they say, well, hypnosis, I think, is meditation. I think when people talk about modern meditation, um, they think they say, just put your mind in a, like a dreamlike state, and uh, then you've given yourself a, a break that you need. And I think that's hypnosis. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm going into a meditative state hearing about what meditation is you i'm gonna change your mind (laughs) look at this watch follow it closely (laughs) thanks for joining us today if you had a great time let us know on social follow kid is in school on twitter and the kid is in school on instagram subscribe so you don't miss our next episode be sure to throw us one of those five star ratings and share with your friends oh and do it quickly before the kid gets home